You know, these special occasions, holidays, holy days, that, that we know what it's all about, right? We, we know the, the, the best identifying marker of these special days, right? It's, it's all about the meal. Right? I mean, come on. I guarantee you from a, we can just throw some food out and we know what the day is. And granted, I come from my white southern heritage. But I'm willing to bet that most of us, if I say turkey and dressing, what holiday is it? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Uh, what is the day that we make cookies? Christmas cookies, very good. And of course, ham, hard-boiled eggs, candy means? And last, cake and ice cream. See? It's all about the meal. It's all about the food. And that's what our passage is all about. It's all about the meal. It's, it's the day that Chappie had just given to us the, the beginning of this day. The, the tomb is empty. The disciples, the, the, the women have visited, found the cloth. The disciples are there and they, they don't know what's going on. Rumors are swelling around. And these two guys, we don't know the name of one, Cleopas. Good old Cleo and his buddy. They're making the seven mile trek from Jerusalem on this walk to Emmaus on what we know to be Resurrection Day. And as they're, they're walking along, a stranger comes among. Now, we're told that they don't recognize him, but we know the stranger is Jesus. And so they're, they're Jesus, the stranger, asks, well, what are you guys talking about? To which Cleo, in modern terms, says, what do you mean, what are we talking Where have you been? Have you been under a rock or in a cave? something? Little did he know where this stranger had been. And so then, in one of the great pictures of biblical humor, Cleo and his buddy explained to Jesus what had just happened. <laughs> and Jesus listens, participates in the conversation, and then speaks to them of how the story, the events they just told, were exactly what the scriptures from Moses to the prophets were saying. Now, Cleo and his buddy, they were intrigued by this. And so then, as Jesus is going to keep walking, this stranger, they invite him in. They say, hey, wait a minute, why don't you stay? Stay for a while. And that's where we pick up our passage. Luke chapter 24, verses 28 through 35. I invite you to turn there with me. You can read along on the screen or you can read in your pew Bible. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you for your written word. Speak to us so that the resurrection is not a lifeless fact, but a living relationship. Jesus, we pray. Amen. Luke chapter 24, starting with verse 28. 
As they came near the village to which they were going, he, the stranger, Jesus, walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and He has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road, and how He had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. See, it's all about the meal. (laughs) You thought I was joking. It's all about the meal. There's... That's where the spiritual awakening occurred. That's where the aha moment happened. That's when the the scales were taken from their eyes, when their heart of stone was turned to a heart of flesh, was at the meal. That's where the resurrection became not a lifeless fact, a lifeless truth, but a living relationship. Now, I think there's two reasons why. That on this resurrection day, that that Jesus makes His appearance at a meal. Two particular reasons why that we hear that are maybe specific to Luke, maybe more than the other biographers of Jesus. But two things. One, in the meals throughout Luke, Jesus makes it clear that His meals, radically so, are an open invitation to all. Every meal He has is an open invitation to all. And every meal He has is an invitation to intimacy with Him. It's an invitation to all. And it's an intimacy with Him. Throughout Luke's writings on Jesus, he he brings up, we find that the meal over and over again is radically inclusive to any that want to be with Jesus. Now, that throws the culture on its head. People are always trying to keep people away from hanging out with Jesus and Jesus is always telling them to stop. Maybe things haven't changed. There is no difference before Jesus. He doesn't matter how bad the people are or how good they are. It doesn't matter to them how smart or how simple. It doesn't matter to them how beautiful. It doesn't matter to them, to Him, how winsome or how scary. It doesn't matter to Jesus how rich or how poor, how educated or how simple. That makes no difference to Jesus at all at His meals. If you go through, if you like to go back and and check that out, I mean, just 
Think about all the meals. Luke 19. Remember Jesus hanging out with Zacchaeus? Tax collector? And all of his no good friends gathered around? Luke 5. Levi, Matthew, one of the disciples, another tax collector. And all of his no good friends gathered around. Luke 15. The, the, the time when Jesus tells the story of the prodigal son. You know the occasion for that story? Was that Jesus was having a meal and there were a bunch of sinners and no good folks around and the religious leaders of the day were saying, Jesus, why do you hang out with just anybody? Because at every meal that Jesus has, everyone that wants to be with Jesus is invited and welcome and equal. That's the radical inclusivity of the invitation of Jesus. And then, of course, the great banquet in Luke 14, where Jesus tells the story of the heavenly banquet, a, a, a parable, a parable that says the kingdom of God is like this guy who has a party and he invites all the normal people on the invitation list, but a lot of them have excuses. He says, hey, we got a party. Why don't you go, just go down the street. Just go get anybody on the street. And they go get all that they can. And they come, but there's still more room. And he says, hey, go out into the highways, into the byways, into the hinterlands. Bring them all to this banquet. And Jesus says, that's like the banquet of God. It's all about the meal. Because at the meal... Anyone and everyone that wants to be with Jesus is welcome and invited no matter how bad or good they are. Isn't that good news? Isn't that good news? You, you don't have to qualify. Nobody has to qualify to come to this meal. It's all about the meal. Nobody has to qualify except to want to be with Jesus. That's it. If you come this morning wondering if you're good enough, if you're smart enough, if you're strong enough, if you're faithful enough, if you, you, you got the right stuff, let me tell you right now, you don't. You're not. And either am I. So let it go. Stop trying to be good enough, strong enough, smart. Stop trying to have the right stuff. It's all about the meal. And Jesus invites you no matter what if you want to come. And the powerful thing about the resurrection. The, the powerful thing about the resurrection is that it stamps Jesus with the divine stamp of approval and it says to all of us in a loud shout, Jesus was right! The meals that He had are like the heavenly meals. The meals that the religious leaders had were not. The meals that Jesus had were the right ones. They were exactly like God wanted them to be. And it's why we as a church pursue connecting with one another in Jesus no matter what our race, no matter what our economic, no matter what our generation. We want to look like heaven. Like Jesus taught us to pray, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
we want when we gather at this meal to look like the heavenly meal. And the resurrection of Jesus tells us that's the way it's going to be forever. So go ahead and start now. Even if folks say, no, don't do it. It's too hard. Don't do it. I'm glad Jesus didn't hear that when he was headed down the cross. Hey, don't do it. It's too hard. It's going to really hurt. It's going to be painful. I don't know where we get the idea that the way of heaven in this world is going to be easy. I mean, do we read the story of Jesus? But at the meal, all are invited no matter what. And we, as a community of Jesus followers, want to be about that meal. Second thing, this table, we find an intimacy with Jesus. He shares His life with us and we share our life with Him. This is about a living, vibrant relationship. In the first century, it would have been obvious that was the case because meals were about table fellowship. It was about sharing life. Today, meals are something we grab on the run, through the drive through in the car, while we're going from one thing late to another. While the cell phones are ringing. Uh, but in Jesus' day, meals were an intimate affair of sharing life with one another. The two guys, Cleo and his buddy, on his way to Emmaus, for them that this resurrection was a possibility for a while. It was, it was a, a dead possibility, though. Just a dead fact. Maybe it happened, maybe not. They were open to it. They were wondering along their journey. And on that journey, a guest, a stranger comes alongside with them and they engage with that guest in conversation. And then they get to know that guest, that stranger, to where then that stranger becomes an invited guest. Hey, why don't you stay with us for a while? You're interesting. There's something about you. And then comes to the meal. And in the meal, the intimacy of that sharing, they experience the living Christ and they recognize Him with their soul. I think that story can really mirror a lot of our stories. We hang around Jesus a little bit. Right, you're an interesting fella. We, we like you. We want to hear some more. But we keep it at a safe distance. Now it's really interesting. I want to hear a little more. But that step of intimacy of giving Him all that we are as He gives all to us happens at the meal where He gives all of Himself to us and we give 
all that we are to Him. We no longer keep Him at a safe distance. And, and do you notice what happens? Do you notice what happened in the, in the story? This, this stranger who, who then became an invited guest at the meal, he takes over. Do you notice that? He's a stranger, a guest in the house, but at the meal in the house, he starts delivering the goods. Nobody does that in my house except mom and my mother-in-law, but those exceptions. Jesus is in the house. When He gets in the house, when He becomes our Savior, He becomes our Lord. He's no longer a nice guest. He's no longer a nice guy. No longer intriguing. He becomes the host, the Lord of our lives. Without the resurrection, he could be a nice guy. He could be a good teacher. He could be a good moral guideline. Maybe give us some nice spiritual insights. But because of the reality of the resurrection, because Jesus is not dead, because He is alive, then we have an intimate relationship with the living Lord and Savior, not a dead moral code or a lifeless set of practices. We have a living relationship with the living Lord. Jesus is alive. And He can be alive in you and in me. It's the meal that Jesus chose to reveal Himself to Cleo and His buddy. It's this meal. It's an all-inclusive meal for anyone who wants to come. But it's a a meal where He is the host. It's a meal where He is the Lord. And it's a meal where He is the food. And He is the drink. There is no safe distance at this meal. No way to keep Jesus at arm's length. This is where we take Him in. And He becomes our Lord and Savior. It's all about the meal. It's open. It's open to anyone that wants to be with Jesus. And who's ready to get real. To get real with Him. And let Him get real with you. Friends, we have the privilege of this Resurrection Sunday to go to dinner with Jesus. At this revolutionary dinner. This turn the world upside down dinner that He has given to us to remind us and to empower us that He welcomes all of us no matter what to come to Him and let Him be real with us, to be intimate with us, to be deep, to lead each of us individually and as a community. 
Let's come to the meal together because that's what it's all about.